Hey there, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com. Welcome back to another episode of the John Morris Show. This one I'm going to talk about how to get clients on retainer. This actually sort of came up be a, a semi-unrelated comment over on YouTube from uh, Zick Pranks. He said, question regarding, I'd, I'd done a video and in it I had mentioned something about having a main client. So he'd asked, question regarding long-term clients. I hear developers reference main clients often and I'm trying to wrap my head around what this means. Does it simply mean a client that keeps coming back to you for work? So I explained to him that for me, what I'm I'm primarily talking about is clients who I've been on retainer with for a significant amer- uh, amount of time. So when I reference my main client, there's you know it's a client that I've uh, worked with for over eight years now, been on retainer that whole time. But it got me thinking about you know that's not the only client that I've been on retainer with before. There's been several throughout. Um, my career where where I've had that sort of set up and they sort of come and go and, and that sort of thing. But I don't see a lot of people talking about it. And I think for a lot of developers, th- th- it's sort of a it's sort of a pipe dream. I mean, I know for me before this all happened, it, it, it was sort of a pipe dream for me. It was like, you know, I, I'm just struggling trying to get someone to pay me a couple hundred bucks for one project. And you're telling me that there are clients out there that'll pay you two, three, four thousand dollars a month or more retainer just to be on call to do work for them. It sounds sort of crazy, but again, I've had it happen several times uh, throughout my career. And, you know, having done that, there's sort of a set process actually for how you go about doing this. And so what I want to do in this video is I want to give you that process for figuring out what clients are the right ones to approach with this, how to approach them, what to say, sort of how to to make the pitch to them, how to be able to maintain it, how to end it gracefully, all those sorts of things. So we're going to dive into the full question of how to get clients on retainer, and I'm just going to sort of share my experience with you on that. Now, before we do get into that, I do want to ask you to support the show over on Patreon. Of course, by doing so, you'll be supporting the show, allowing me to continue to do this for you on a daily basis. But you're also going to get access to a ton of training and, and information that will help you with your coding career. So all of my PHP courses, PHP 101, my object oriented programming course, my login script, my PHP forms course, my newly released WordPress course, Upwork 101, and a whole bunch of other stuff that isn't necessarily available anywhere else you get as a Patreon supporter. And I keep it really simple. I have one level. It's $10 a month. You get access to all of those courses that I've created in the past, plus any future courses. For example, module two of my or module three of my Upwork 101 course I'm going to be releasing this month. When it's released, you'll just get it as a Patreon supporter. So again, you'll be helping me. I'd really appreciate that, but you're also going to get a ton of, of stuff that'll help you as well. So I think it's a pretty good deal. So if you want to learn more about that, you can head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash Patreon. That'll give you all the details on exactly what's in there and all that sort of thing, links to join and, and, and all that. So again, I'd really appreciate that. All right, so with that out of the way, let's let's dive into this. So the first thing we need to go through is why you would want to do this. And it's important to outline this because I think a lot of people when they hear this, how to get clients on retainer sort of thing, the the natural inclination is to think that the reason you would do this is is ultimately to make more money. And it's not really to make more money necessarily. Now, the reality is, is that long term, you probably will. But in the short term and in the pitch you're going to make to the client, 
it actually will, if you're doing it right, will actually sort of be like you're making less money. So the reason you do this isn't necessarily to make more money. It's to make the money that you make more consistent and more stable. So you know, one of the, the the clients that I did this with, the the guy that I, he, he, he had hired me for several membership sites before I ever approached him for this. And at the time, this is when I was doing, I had this clone thing that I offered and I charged $3,000 for that clone. And he had, uh, up to that point, I had done three, three of those for him. So he had paid me already $9,000 in the span of just a couple months. And so when I approached him, I approached him about him paying me a $2,000 a month retainer. So in the short term, I was actually making less money. However, I was sort of locking it in to, because, you know, he could have went to some, this very next project, he could have went to somebody else and hired them to do it. And then I wouldn't get, I, I, I wouldn't get that $3,000. So, uh, it, it's more about it's it's more about sort of locking it in and having more consistent income than it is necessarily making you know increased income. Now again, long term, you probably will make more, but that's going to happen as a result of you doing a good job, you maintaining the relationship properly, and so forth. So it's important to understand that before you go into it because you need to. There, there's several things that you need to do in these steps that are. If your if your mind is focused on trying to make more money, it's going to throw you off and and lead to making a bad sort of pitch and presentation to them. So, with with that understood, then the first thing that you need to do is you need to identify good candidates. So, you need to ha- it's candidates where it's going to be a good deal for them. So again, this particular client, he was already paying me a bunch of money, and when I approached him, you know, the $2,000, uh, was actually a month, even though it was going to be sort of a retainer thing was actually less than what he had been paying me up to that point. So it has to be a good deal for them. It has to be clients that have the potential for future work. So he had said things to me like he was going, he had a, you know, he, I'd built three memberships sites for him, which is sort of a lot for any one person already, but he, had talked about he had several more that that he had coming down the pipeline and a lot of a lot of clients will say that but this guy had actually put his money where his mouth is mouth is and and bought three of them so when he said that he was going to continue to be uh pushing out these membership sites i had reason to believe him so there was a sort of this uh insinuation or idea that there would be more uh, uh future work so it needs to be someone that has a potential for a lot of future work and I believe it's someone that you need to get along with on a personal level. So this was a guy that was sort of into sports and, you know, I grew up a jock and played football and all that sort of thing. So we kind of got along on a personal level. And, you know, when we were on the phone, it was sort of natural conversation and so forth. So it wasn't a sort of a forced relationship. We got along pretty well because you're going to be working with, with this person. If you go on retainer, you're going to be working and talking with them a lot. So it's someone that you sort of need to get along with in that sense. But Again, this first step is you need to identify good candidates. You, you you have to start by just getting clients. And then with time, you know, you're going to be able to figure out certain clients that are asking for a lot of work. And you the retainer doesn't always have to be $2,000. It could be 
a $500 retainer. It could be a thousand. It could be a 5,000, whatever it is, but it needs to make sense for that particular client. And when you look at it that way, a lot more of your clients, you could be pushing towards a retainer than you might think when you realize that the retainer doesn't have to be thousands and thousands of dollars. And again, you only do this if you want to make that income consistent. So I think you should have a good mix of retainers and also one-offs. One-offs generally are going to make more money for you. Retainers are going to make that income more stable. So you should have a good mix of those. Um, but again, a lot more of your clients you could push towards retainer than you might think. Now, there's a pro tip for for those of you out there who maybe happen to work on a site like Upwork or Freelancer, Fiverr, or whatever. You can look at client histories and you can see how much they a client has spent on projects in the past. And so if you see a client that has spent, say, $90,000 on Upwork and you will find those, that's a good indicator that that's someone who has a lot of you know, dev work or, or at least freelance work that they hire people for. And so you can sort of set yourself up to be able to move into these retainer type uh, situations simply by the clients you choose to work with from the very beginning, the projects you bid on from the very beginning. So that's another thing that you can do to help you sort of pre-select clients that are going to be good candidates from the very beginning for these retainer type relationships. So that's something to keep in mind. So once you've got a good candidate, then the next thing you need to do is you need to give them an offer they can't refuse. So I sort of alluded to this, but my pitch to to this, again, the, the example I'm using here, my pitch to him was was really simple. It was, look, you've paid me $9,000 in about the span of two months. And we've talked about the fact that you have a bunch more membership sites that you want to build. So I normally, you know, charging $3,000 a membership site, and I'm doing, you know, one to two of these a month for you. Why not put me on retainer? It'll be $2,000 a month. So it's actually less. And in that, you know, if I build one membership site a month, you're making $1,000. And maybe I'll build even more. And then you really make you you really make out on the deal. And so he I mean, look, clients are going to be sort of hesitant about this to begin with because you know, putting someone on retainer like this, they wonder if they're going to have future work and so forth. But when you position it like that, that was able to sort of get him over the hump because he knew he had that work coming and it was just sort of an offer he couldn't refuse. So it's a, it's important to set up the offer in a way where it's really, really hard for the client to say no to it. And again, identifying good candidates in the first place is uh, a big part of that. Now, you know, again, you may be in a situation where the client is giving you $700 worth of work a month on average. And let's say you've worked with them for three months. You can go to them and say, hey, look, over the last three months, you've averaged paying me $700 a month in, in freelance work. You know, and and I imagine that you're going to continue to have you know sort of this consistent work going forward. Why not put me on retainer for five hundred dollars a month? Now again, you're making a little less money, but you're getting more stable and consistent income. And in freelance, that's sort of the big, the big scary thing that the work could go away at any minute. So again, making an offer that they can't refuse, looking at those numbers to be able to identify what that offer is, finding the clients to do that, and so forth. The third thing that you need to do then is to 
to manage expectations. So one of the first questions you're going to get when you approach somebody with this, and again, your pitch doesn't have to be fancy. It just, just tell them straight up, this is the math. Why not hire me on retainer and you'll save some money and I'll get a little bit more stable income and we both win. That's the pitch. But when the first, one of the first questions you're going to get is, well, you know, how much work are you going to, like how many hours, how much work am I going to be able to call you? How many calls are we going to be able to do, et cetera, et cetera. And you don't want to really sell your soul just to get the retainer because that ultimately will spoil the relationship long term. And the way you win on these relationships is through long is is by maintaining it long term. So you definitely don't want to spoil it uh, and, and make yourself resent the, the amount of time you have to invest in this. So you need to be clear based off what the retainer is and so forth in your own mind what the expectations are going to be time-wise, what you're going to be willing to do. And you need to be clear about what those expectations are. And you also need to sort of tie, make sure and tie the the retainer to some something sort of related to, to the work you're putting in. So it could be the number of hours. So you could say to them, look, you've paid me $700 a month over the last three months. I've worked an average of let's just say 20 hours a month. So that's $35 an hour. I've worked an average of 20 hours a month. So if if we're going to stay about that level going forward, why not pay me $500 a month and we'll stick around that $20 uh, or 20 hour a month range. And so you have it something specific tied to that you can tie the expectations to. And then you you have to be clear about telling them if the workload increases, then the the retainer would need to increase too. So if you put me on retainer and suddenly, you know, I start working 30 hours a month, well, then we're going to need to adjust that retainer uh, based on that. So you need to manage these expectations and give them clear indicators of what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do, how it can be adjusted in the future. So it alleviates some of the fear that they have, but it also sets you up to be able to have those conversations in the future and, and tell them, look, I said this from the beginning. So this is what's happening. We need to adjust the retainer and so forth. So manage expectations. And you do that just by being clear on them yourself and then being clear with the client right from the beginning uh, with what those are for you. The fourth thing is maintaining it. So again, I've probably said this four or five times now, you win by maintaining these long-term. That's how you ultimately um, profit from these. So the thing you always have to keep in mind is that these relationships have to constantly be worth their while. So you can't fall into the trap of I'm on retainer and they didn't ask me to do very much this month. You know, I got away with it. That's not going to work long term. You might get away with that for a month or two. But after that month or two, they're going to be like, look, this isn't working out. We need to end it. And that's going to be bad for you. So you have to make sure it's constantly worth their while. And so one of the things that you need to do in order to make that happen is proactively seek out work from them if they're not giving it to you. So if you're not getting, you know, if you've if you've identified I'm working about 20 hours a month and they're paying me say $500 a month and then one month suddenly it's five hours or 10 hours or you get to the third week and they have only given you a couple hours worth of work, you need to start, you need to know that if you don't get close to that 20 hours, that's going to be a problem. So you need to proactively, hey, 
you know, I need to, you know, get some work over here, make sure I'm, I'm, I'm honoring my side of this commitment. You know, I'm getting close to my 20 hours. What do you got? What can I help you with? Is there something I, you know, else I can do whatever it is, but you need to, uh, you need to proactively seek out that work because it will end if it loses value in their mind. Like they won't continue it. You're not going to get away with it for very long. So make sure. It, so again, this is these last two are two sides of the coin, making sure they're not taking advantage of you, but also making sure you're not taking advantage of them. That's how you build a healthy relationship that can make this sort of thing last long term. The final thing then is these things, you know, they come and they go and sometimes they'll want to end it. Sometimes you'll want to end it. I've ended several throughout my career for various different reasons, but the thing to do to end it gracefully so you don't have a lot of heartburn is to simply just be direct, be honest, and be grateful. So, you know, the 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 example I've been using uh, up to this point, that, that guy, we eventually ended it, and I was the one that ended it, and mainly because the work that I was starting to get into doing was getting outside of my wheelhouse, and I really didn't want to do it. I didn't feel comfortable doing that kind of work. And I didn't really feel like what I could give in that particular area was worth what he was paying me. And so, you know, that can be a difficult conversation to have, but I just, you know, I just was direct with him. I told him, look, I don't really want to do this kind of stuff. I'm not good at this kind of stuff. And I know someone who actually is, I can put you in contact with, which I did. And, and, and I was just, you know, and I told him, thank you. It's been great working with you, but you know, I think it's best we part ways at this point. So if you're just honest and direct and grateful and he, you know, he didn't want to necessarily end the relationship, but he understood there was no big heartburn about it. There wasn't, we didn't go over Twitter ranting and raving about me or anything like that. So if you're direct, you're honest and you're grateful, then you can end these things sort of gracefully. And that's going to just, help you be more comfortable in starting them in the future and also keep you from having sort of negative consequences from a client that's angry and so forth. So those are the, those are sort of the five main things that you need to do in order to get clients on retainer. Now, I know some of you are looking at this and going, well, I just need to try and get clients in the first place. And one way you can learn how to do that is through my Upwork 101 course. And, you know, the, the big thing about this course is that there's a way over on Upwork to rank higher than you you normally would, uh, just kind of doing your profile how most people do. And not only is this particular way of building your profile going to allow you to rank higher, but actually help, help you appeal more to, to clients when they view your profile. And it has to do with you know, the way you write your overview, the way you write your title, the tags you use, the keywords, all the tests you take, all that sort of thing. When you build it in a particular way, again, you're going to rank higher. You're going to appeal more to to potential clients and so forth. And so that's what I teach you inside of my Upwork 101 course. I teach you, you know, the funny thing is Upwork or Elance, when it was Elance, used to talk about this a lot more. They don't really talk about it much now. Um, but I happen to have, have seen that information and been on Elance and seen it still applies over on Upwork. And I teach you that inside of Upwork 101. So if you want to learn more about that course and, and start getting clients, head on over to Upwork101.com. You can get all the details of the course there. 
All right, that'll do it for this episode. If you liked the episode, be sure to hit the like button. Also, subscribe so you get notified of future videos. And I guess hit that little bell thing since now subscribing isn't, you got to hit the bell. Anyway, be sure to do all that. Also, if you want past epi- links to past episodes, links to subscribe on Android, iTunes, tune in, all that you can find at John Morris Show. Com. And finally, if you'll rate and review the podcast over on iTunes, I will give you module one of my PHP 101 course for free. All the details on that and how to get that free module are at johnmorrisshow.com. Just click on the start here link at the top. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.